0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Author EK Today, I have Jack Stewart, who has a very interesting uh, past career, current career, writes books. I'm going to have to apologize. My normal uh, Team Texarkana hat is uh, gone. I lost it in Virginia last weekend, and I don't know where. So <laughs> I got to <laughs> apologize for that. I have to get a new one. So, Jack. Tell us about yourself. We both live in the Dallas area. We're like, dang, we could have had this in person if uh, if I did any kind of coordination, yeah. but it's kind of not my style. Go ahead, Jack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my schedule is so chaotic these days that, uh, you know, it's hit or mm-hmm. miss whether we would have been in the same place at the same time. But um, yeah, it would have been awesome to uh, do it in person. A um, uh, little quick background on me I, uh, I served 23 years uh, in the Navy flying F 18 Hornets. Uh, last 13 were. As an adversary pilot uh, with the River Rattlers in uh, VFA 204, um, they uh, they retired the Hornet uh, right after I retired, and uh, now they're flying the F-5 in Tiger two, and they're called VFC 204, but I refuse to call them that. They're still VFA in my mind. Um, and I'm an airline pilot for my uh, day job, and um, as a hobby, I started writing books, and now it's quickly becoming a uh, another full-time career dang so the F5 that that
0: plane's older than the F18s and
1: everything that <laughs> yeah. <the> guys flew <laughs> yeah i know they asked me to stick around you know like hey do you want to stick around and fly this thing i was like man that thing i think my dad was 5 when that thing uh, yep. came online I, I think i'll skip that appreciate it
0: no yep. that was the old uh tiger shark right
1: yeah the t- the tiger shark was the i think the F20 yeah if i remember right uh but the the F5 was like the earlier version of it um and it's it's pretty basic although what vfc 204 is flying now um they're they're going to be upgrading them with all glass avionics displays and advanced earths and data link and all sorts of stuff so i mean it is going to be a pretty good aircraft for adversaries but um not one i wanted to fly
0: yeah i i get that i get that so uh jack is also a ring knocker which is commonly called in a military as a Naval Academy graduate or an Academy graduate. Um,
1: So where, uh, when did you graduate? Yeah. I graduated uh, from Annapolis in 1999 and uh, I did 12 years in the uh, active duty before Mm -hmm. uh, becoming a reservist. But yeah, I was, you know, I'm very proud of uh, my time at the Academy and uh, you know, I definitely have a different appreciation for it now that I've retired um, but uh, I, I wasn't one of those guys that wore my ring all the time and and uh, knocked <laughs> on the table to let everyone know. You know, I, we used to we used I, to see uh, them in the
0: army. They get together and put them together, and I think they were like the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean they're pretty pretty big rings. I mean, like I'm I'm very proud of the school. I love it. Oh yeah, but, uh, of course. Yeah, it's you know a lot of people were more more proud of it than you know maybe they should have been.
0: Yeah. So, how did you get into writing? I mean, that's quite. The change, right, from yeah. flying, you know, supersonic jets to typing away on a typewriter or yeah. like a, a keyboard.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, growing up for me, bookstores and libraries, that was my, you know, toy store and candy store. I mean, I, my parents would drop me off at the library and I'd spend all day there, just get lost in the books. Um, loved, you know, learning about different things, whether mm-hmm. it be undersea exploration, space exploration. Um all different types of fiction i read a lot of fantasy and science fiction as a kid um horror and uh obviously tom clancy uh was probably one of my biggest early influences um and then uh, because of my love for aviation dale brown and Stephen coons were were some of the other big ones but you know i just always loved reading um and at the academy i was an english major um loved writing i just never really got mm-hmm. you know much past like the first or second chapter i started probably hundreds of books uh, during my career and um, and then I think uh, like the last I don't know five or six years of my career I decided okay I'm gonna I've got a book in me I'm gonna finish it and so I work on it and work on it but I just didn't know how to structure story that well mm-hmm. you know I was really good as a consumer as a fan and kind of knowing what I liked but I didn't really know how to put that into you know the craft of writing and um and then it was 2020 i I decided to take it seriously and so i picked up a book called save the cat writes a novel um and for me that just clicked it's something in my brain just clicked and said oh that's how a story is structured so all the movies i like to watch all the books i like to read i understand why i like them and Mm -hmm. so i started to structure my stories that way and uh, i just took it seriously and once i finished that first book it was you know off and running i figured wow i can actually do this the second one was easier Third one was even easier. Just kind of kept going. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think yep. that you
0: hit on a good point—the structure of the story. Because I've, I have started many a book. I think this year, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing yeah. my third yeah. now. But I, I think I started the third one eight times. Um, yeah. But what I found out is that that I'll write stuff, and then as I'm as i carried carrying on this book, I'm I can use stuff from what I wrote because now I can put it in the structure of the book.
1: Yeah. Because absolutely,
0: you may have to change it, but I think that's probably. You know what goes first, right? How do you start the book, right? And yeah. you know, how do you end it? What's in between to give it to the highs and the lows and the the tempo that you want in the right. book is critical,
1: right? And and when I yeah. when I write books, I try to imagine that I'm sitting in a movie theater watching it on the screen, and so I try to include very cinematic scenes, maybe different mm-hmm. points of view, just like you would if you were a director. You'd have a camera, you know, over here, and then you'd switch to a camera over here. Um, so that's how I try to write. And, um, I, I know that there's pantsers versus plotters that d- whole debate. And I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle. I started out strictly pantser Like I just start writing and see what happened. And then I would realized it was very unsatisfying because, you know, I didn't put a lot of forethought into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I try to put a little bit more forethought into it, maybe structure it a little, but it still changes. I mean, the story still flows differently than what I originally intended. So I'm somewhere in, in between.
0: Yeah, I started mine, I just started writing uh, about a year and a half ago. And the first book came really easy, flowed real quick, uh, didn't outline. The second book I didn't outline. The third one I'm outlining a little because I want right. to, again, the structure of the book. Um, but I just, hey, if I write it, I can't read it after I write it. <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. handwriting is terrible. So uh. to. I'm going to type on the computer, I want to be able to put something in the book itself. Yeah. But so how many books do you have out right now?
1: So my first one uh, is, re- is going to be released uh, November 21st. That's unknown writer. Um, and, um, but it was, I think it was my sixth finished novel. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was the first one that my agent thought would be uh, that I should sell and start the, the series with. Um, the second book is titled outlaw and that will come out in February. I think February 20th. So it's mm-hmm. really quick. Uh, and then the third one, I don't have a release date for it yet. Um, the third one's called Bogey Spades. And that one uh, will be coming out probably in the summertime, maybe June, July uh, of 2024. Who's your publisher? So that's Severn River Publishing. Um, it was actually started by another Naval Academy grad. He's a, He was a former helicopter pilot, um, self-published, mm-hmm. was really, very successful, USA Today bestseller. And I think he kind of figured out how to help other writers become successful in selling their books. And so... Figured might as well start a publishing company, and and the good news is that uh, he publishes a lot of what I write, you know, military uh, thrillers, mm-hmm. and so he's you know there's a built-in audience for people that want that kind of book, and you know unfortunately the publishing world in general today tends to be a little bit more uh, guided by the younger generation that may be a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to use the word woke; that term is thrown around pacifist too much but uh, <laughs> yeah but maybe not the kind of people that want to read about <clears throat> fighter jets and you know right uh, that kind of stuff
0: no I I, I, I write the same I'm I um, I write not necessarily military but their L military background or suspense thrillers or espionage or have something to do with the yeah. uh, NRO or the NGA or technology in general that's kind of my background not in the yeah. army I was a scout in the army which there is you know, at that time when I got out the only, I remember my first GPS was called the plug Yeah. and there's no visual, there's just numbers you type in that GPS yeah. will tell you where yeah. you're at. You looked on the grid, you looked on a map. Oh, that's my grid coordinates. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: No, that, that was yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. 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 Things have changed a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what was the most, the, the most fun jet to fly or airplane in general?
1: Uh, well, so in, in the Navy, I flew the uh, T-34, you know, t- which was a, a single engine turboprop. Mm-hmm. That was the first trainer that we fly in primary. And then I flew the T-45 as a student. I also flew it as an instructor and that was the single engine jet, the goshawk. Um, that was the jet that you, you started bombing with, you learn how to dogfight, you go to the aircraft mm-hmm. carrier and land for the first time. Um, and then the F-18 and that was it. That's all I flew in the Navy. Um, and I mean, I was, obviously I'm. I'm a huge Hornet fan. Uh it's a fantastic mm-hmm. jet. Um and I, I I think it's funny because now that I've retired, people ask, like, do you miss it? And I was like, you know, I really don't miss it. But, but if somebody said, Hey, here's the keys to a Hornet, you want to go take it for a spin? <laughs> I would absolutely say yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll tell you what, I used to uh fly through St. Louis all the time. Mm-hmm. And the Admiral's Club faced who uh, the the manufacturer of mm-hmm. General yeah. Dynamics yeah. or yeah. Yeah, yeah right across the runway yeah where, where they made the F18s yeah. and i remember sometimes they would they would take them out two at a time and they would take down the runway and there's nothing i've flown a lot commercial airlines have nothing on the sound or the power of a military yeah. jet and yeah, no. my dad was in the air force so i uh, you know there's a kid but they would go down the runway you know, about half, all of these, about half half of the runway. It's probably a yeah. seven eight thousand foot runway, and they take off and they just go vertical because they're trying to get out of yeah. the commercial, uh you know, flight patterns. Yeah. And I was like, so they should just send this recording to everybody that wants to mess with us and say, you don't want this, all right? <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, the, I mean, military airplanes have a very unique sound. I think in general, um, I was just in Long Beach last week. Um, you know, with my civilian job. And That's a neat little uh, airport, by the way. That is a very is. cool airport. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool airport. And I walked outside, and I was I had just gotten some breakfast, and I was walking back out to the uh, to the jet, and I hear just this deep rumble, and you know, and I look, and and there's a B-17 taking off. And, oh uh, my I mean, goodness! You, know, you can just hear it, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's the it's the sound of freedom, and it, it's existed. For as long as we've had a military flying airplanes, yeah, I,
0: I remember. Uh, well, so I'll sit outside, and every once in a while, you hear a a CH forty seven or a, uh, a, a not a Huey, uh, but and then you know maybe a, a, a Apache out around here flying around National Guard or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's a you know that's a CH forty seven. That's a military a helicopter. My wife is like, come on. How do you know that? I can, tell, <laughs> yeah. I can tell by the sound of the blades and yeah. the motor, the engine. Yeah. I can tell. And it's like, C-17 or, uh, you know, uh, CH-47 or whatever. She's like, come on. It's been, you've been retired for 27 years. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. You yeah. know, some things are yeah. like when I go out and shoot, that, that smell of that, that the round going off is, okay, now I'm back, you know, <laughs> 18, 19, 17 years old uh, yeah. of doing stuff. So I I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like you, I like to write visually. I like to see it in my mind as I write it, because I think that's how I want somebody to read it. So put like detail, the lighting or shaking his head or, you know, whatever, but I do like that. So do you write, you have to be in a sterile environment
1: or can you write with noise, white noise, ambient noise or whatever? That's a really good question. I typically uh, will listen to uh, instrumental music uh, when I write. Um, and, it, and it depends on where I am, right? So uh, a lot of times on an overnight uh, with the airline, you know, I'll go sit down in the hotel bar mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll get a beer. I'll put my headphones on and I'll, I'll play some jazz or I'll play classical music, just really whatever is in the mood. And mm-hmm. I can still kind of hear the activity of the bar around me but I'm not tuning into conversations, you know? So I still have a little bit of energy from the room and, um, and it keeps me awake and alert and keeps me focused, but the music helps me stay focused on the story. Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm at home in my office, like I am right now, I probably won't listen to music. i will probably just be quiet unless I need to tune out the kids, but fortunately they're at school right now. So uh, I can, that's easy write. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I can write without <laughs> distraction right now but yeah so it depends on where i am um right i I generally can't listen to any music that has lyrics because if i do then i'll i'll start singing along and you know and i'm not putting the words (laughs) on the page that i need to
0: then you're you're looking on the look at what you just wrote you go i just wrote that song (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and then they might come after me for copyright and you know it's just a whole oh my yeah well
0: litigation is the name of the game these days i think yeah exactly that is for darn sure
1: yeah, what do you so, do? You listen to music, or I, I do.
0: Uh, <clears throat> I do. I, I like to listen to country and western when I when I uh, yeah. write. Um, and I and I, what I really like to do is, uh, you know, it's beautiful weather here in Texas. This summer was a little hot. Yeah, a I, I like to go to, you know, go in you know, a four four or five mile walk, come back, sit, you know, and uh, before the sun just beat you to death, yeah. listen to music and just hack away. Um, uh, yeah. I do like that in the summertime, my, I, I have a, like a part-time gig where I'm a monitor on a school bus. Okay. Uh, so I got, you know, mornings and I got about five hours I can play around with where I'll write or do the podcast yeah. and stuff. But I, I find that, I don't know, either, I don't know, attention shift or ADD or whatever. I don't like, I have to have some kind of stimulus outside of just writing the book because it,
1: yeah. it helps
0: me, uh, I guess, think.
1: Uh, yeah. Something. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, you can't. do you, like you that. You need that, right? Yeah. You gotta have. You gotta have that.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's from a military, being able to have do you know multiple things at one time. You know, talk on the radio and you know do something or talk to somebody else while you're listening to somebody else. It, it may have, but to me that that that's really good. So when I, I remember, I love I love airplanes. I mean, absolutely. My dad was in the air force. I remember at a SAC basis, I remember going out and looking at B-52s, KC-135s, oh, yeah. all these jets. Or go to the air shows. I love that. And I was in junior high I said, I want to be a I want to be a pilot. I want to be an F-4 pilot. When I was growing up, F-4 was well, that was a, oh yeah. that was something. Yeah. And then in high school, uh I started you know, go try to get into, you know, looking at the Air Force Academy and everything. And then I realized. I'm not that smart, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, uh, I said, I'm not, not going to do that. And so I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I actually I quit high school in the 11th grade joined the army on a on a Tuesday yeah. and it was in basic training.
1: Well, um, it's better than it's better than going to the naval academy or the air force academy and then finding out you're not so smart. That's what I did. Yeah, I know that <laughs> you guys selection
0: process sucks. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I blame it on them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then my first, so you know. Uh, uh, I was a eleven delta, nineteen delta scout reconnaissance specialist, and my first duty assignment out of AIT and everything was with a blues platoon in Fort Riley, First and Fourth Cav, which is an air platoon. So we had UEs, and this was seventy seven, and all these these CW fours and threes and twos—they're all Vietnam guys, mm-hmm. and they would fly those UEs like an extension of their body. Oh yeah they knew the characteristics of it they knew what it can do and what it couldn't do and i loved it it was exhilarating but some people didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was yeah. like, ah! it was fun i loved yeah. it
1: yeah yeah it's it's pretty awesome when you can uh, whatever the weapon system is whether it be you mm-hmm. know an airplane helicopter uh you know uh, armored vehicle tank it doesn't matter yeah. whatever it is whenever somebody can treat it like an extension of their own body. It just takes it to a whole other level, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I consider myself pretty proficient in the Hornet and, um, I was a pretty decent stick, but man, Mm -hmm. I flew with some guys that just put me to shame constantly. And, uh, there was one, he, he was my CAG. He was the air wing commander of a tactical Mm -hmm. support wing and, uh, and went out, uh, we were off the coast of California and we were doing a red air event. So adversaries, and at the end of it, we had, it was him, it was me, and then it was a fleet guy, like just a lieutenant that was, you know, kind of augmenting our flights. And uh, we were doing a 1v1v1, so we just take turns just fighting each other. And so CAG fought me, and it just completely embarrassed me. And I was, like, feeling really down on myself. And then, <laughs> I, went and, then I went and fought this lieutenant. And just completely crushed him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's so a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you just some guys, you know, some guys are just really naturally gifted at it. And it's, it's mm-hmm. awesome to see. Well,
0: I talked to you earlier. My wife for my 50th birthday got me a fighter pilot experience, which is you go up in a tandem uh, prop and they let you have some stick mm-hmm. and uh, stick in the rudders, but not, you know, not too much throttle and stuff. And you do you go out by Weatherford. You do aerial combat. And they film it all. And and I'm like – and I've done some crazy things. I flew for th- three years in OH-58, left front seat. So we've done some great – high play high school, flight school guys, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: 18 years old in their high school one day, and they're flying uh, helicopters. A little risky, um, but it's some great pilots. And we're doing some maneuvers. I'm like, man, I think – man, I'm <laughs> – my stomach is – Topsy turby. And yeah. the guy told me, he says, look out outside the airplane. Don't yeah. look at the instruments. Yeah. Look outside the airplane. Concentrate outside the airplane. So I did that. Then he said, well, let's, you know, let's do a, some loops. Let's pull some G's and, you know, that, that, what you got to do? You got to bring the, the blood up from your yep. legs up to your body and you got to do all that. And like I said, everybody looks at these pilots. They get out of these, like, you know, the Thunderbird, the Blue Angels are just flying a normal, a, you know, a, jet for your your training and those guys they walk out there oh i you know, happy and everything i got out of that thing
1: and i was damn exhausted <laughs> yeah 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 it, it, it's pretty funny um when i was when i was a brand new guy in the f18 we had uh, uh i won't say his name but there was a nfl running back that that came to get a backseat ride in the hornet at vfa 106 which is the the training squadron for the Hornet, and. um he was mm-hmm. he was walking around the squadron and just strutting and be like I'm an NFL running back you know like all pro you know <laughs> you can't you can't hurt me and uh just cocky and uh he, he got out of the jet after his flight got down on all fours and kissed the ground I mean he was he was, uh, he was hurting a little bit so it, it yeah it's pretty humbling
0: he was looking for a defensive back to hit him I, yeah, I, need, I yeah. need to bring back to normalcy to my life yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I don't know how, how much physical training you or how long it takes for you to be able to withstand prolonged periods, intermittent high G's. I mean, yeah. that's just got to be. Uh, I don't know how
1: you. I don't know how you do it. Well, um. you know, I mean, and honestly, it's uh, it, it's something that just comes with experience. You know, the first time you do it, it you're exhausted. You're you're wiped out and uh, it takes a while to recover, but doing it more and more, your body gets used to, you know, learning how to overcome that. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's not as much a shock to your system anymore. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think most guys uh, that that are fighter positive, you know, they work out pretty regularly, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but ironically, the ones that have, okay, the, what they Even say- Even the Greyhound
0: guys? Even the Greyhound guys, they work out.
1: Of course, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, but uh, but you know, physiologically, um, it's mm. it's the uh, you want a higher blood pressure. Um, you, you want uh, more strength training to to mm-hmm. work on those core muscles and the leg muscles to keep the blood up. And it's not a lot of endurance. So you know, where you might, might think like a triathlete would be really good at at pulling jeez, are not necessarily the ideal. Mm. Now there are a lot of triathletes that do it but they have the endurance to help overcome some of the fatigue that you develop when you're pulling G's. But, but you're they, what you really want. The ideal body type is just a squat, right. you know, hunk of, mu- hunk of muscle and just, you know, not a lot of, uh, not very tall. So you don't have a lot, you know, for the blood to move. Right. Um, yeah. If, if it, So physiologically it's, it's interesting, but I've seen all types. I've seen tall skinny guys. I've seen short fat mm-hmm. guys. Uh, I've seen, tall, fat guys, you know, short, skinny guys, um, you know, it, 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 all different types and you can overcome it, but it just takes practice and training. I think that's the same, uh,
0: you know, Ranger school or some of these, uh, elite units, these big old muscle muscle guys, they have yeah. a hard time. Yeah, they do. Uh, yep. you know, it's a hard time. So tell us about your book. I'm, I'm interested to learn, uh, yeah. all about it.
1: Yeah. I have, sorry, I wasn't able to get you a copy beforehand, but, um, Uh, unknown writer is the name of the book. And, um, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that, um, all my writing in this series is, um, kind of broken up into two parts. There's the military aspect, which I generally lean heavily on the aviation side, just because that's my passion. That's what I understand. And then the other side is espionage. And the reason why is because, um, I don't think a lot of people understand how much espionage is happening on a daily basis. I mean, uh, this book focuses on China as the main threat Mm -hmm. Uh, and I challenge anybody just to, just to go to New York times, you know, website and type in Chinese espionage and you'll be amazed at how many articles there are, whether it be in academia, whether it be in industry, whether it be against our military, Um, they're everywhere and they're here in the country. So um, my book starts off with, uh, Colt Bancroft. He's a Navy top gun fighter pilot flying the F 35, uh, C joint strike fighter, which is a fifth generation stealth fighter, uh, off a carrier off the coast of California. And he loses control of the jet. And, uh, what he comes to find out is that, uh, you know,
0: I think that believes, just happened.
1: <laughs> ah, right. There was a interesting case of that, but, uh, weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But he, he comes to you know they come to find out that there's this plot by the Chinese to hack into the Joint Strike Fighter and their and what they're going to use it for is what he's trying to uncover. Meanwhile, there's an NCIS special agent who is uh, looking for a spy, and uh, there's mm-hmm. two paths cross, and uh, that's what the, the whole genesis of the book is um, is uh, this this global conspiracy to figure out what's going on with the Joint Strike Fighter. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, when that, when that that incident occurred, I was like, I think what happened, they were testing, you know, un, un, unmanned, uh, not somebody in there, but unmanned capabilities of the aircraft Yeah, and something happened yeah. and he had to punch out because that's an all weather fighter. I've been in commercial yeah. airlines that have flown through some crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, for sure. I, you know, and, and I will, um, 've also I've also flown with guys who have been struck by lightning yep. um, and, and it's it's hurt the the pilots um, and the aircraft at times. Um, what I suspect happened and again this I have no knowledge whatsoever, but what mm-hmm. I suspect happened was uh, you know it was probably struck by lightning it, it's a, it's an electronic plane. I mean everything is electronic, whether it be flight yep. controls, you know uh, all the displays, all the instrumentation. If you lose all your instrumentation and you have no idea what's up or down and you're in the clouds, mm-hmm. you, you really don't have any options. And most of the newer fighters, um, the F-16 has the, uh, the, It's called, I think it's called ACAS, Auto, Automatic Collision Avoidance System or something uh, like that. But it's basically a terrain mm-hmm. avoidance system that uses GPS to, to say, hey, if you're at this altitude in this location, you're about ready to hit the terrain. And so the, the jet will take over. And the, it's designed so if the pilot blacks out, he won't crash. And um, and right. so my suspicion is that maybe um, the pilot was didn't know where he was, didn't know what up or down was. The safest course of action is to eject, so he did. And now the plane continued flying with this automatic collision avoidance system preventing it from crashing until it eventually ran out of gas. That's my suspicion. I don't know. Whether it could it's be. True. Uh, I, yeah.
0: I, I know when I was at Fort Hood in eighty. Uh, 80- 79 to 83, that we uh, we were in an aviation unit and we had an OH 58 that got in some uh, fog. And because it doesn't have dual capability, it doesn't have the, the up or down, right? You don't know. You look at your visual, your horizon, couldn't tell. And that thing hit the ground at like 135 knots because they didn't know where they were up or down. Uh, what, yeah. I forgot what they yeah. call that. Uh, like vertigo i guess or something yeah there's spatial like
1: disorientation
0: spatial disorientation exactly yep. Exactly. Yep. exactly so yep. so you got your first one coming out yep. the and then you got another one coming out in february, in february and it's this it's a second one of the series do you have to read one for two to three or can
1: you read independently no each each story is an independent story now obviously <clears> i i try to write so that uh, you know you'll pick up things in book 2 if you'd read book one, you'll pick little little Easter eggs up and go, "Oh, that's kind of cool," you know. Um, maybe characters, smaller characters mm-hmm. that were in in book one, become more prominent characters in book two, even more so in book three. So no, but you can read each one indiv- individually. Obviously, I'm going to recommend that everyone read the you know unknown writer first, and then follow mm-hmm. the progression. And um, my, my my titles of my books follow a, a certain progression as well. Uh, each one means something in terms of air intercept. So unknown rider means that there is a radar, um, a radar hit return that is following a known flight path of a friendly aircraft, but maybe they don't know if it's friendly. And so you'll, you'll hear on the radio. Sometimes you'll hear unknown rider, unknown rider at position, whatever, you know, state your attentions, contact us on this frequency, whatever. Um, So, that that's book one. Book two is called Outlaw. Outlaw means they know the point of origin, uh, mm-hmm. they know where it took off from, but they don't know whether it's friendly or hostile. And the third book is Bogey Spades. That means that you uh, that they're not squawking a friendly uh, code. So IFF Identify Friend or Foe mm-hmm. is our transponder, and they're not squawking a friendly code, so they may not be hostile, but they're definitely not friendly. And then the last right. one, last book in the series uh, is going to be called Declared Hostile. And that's like the final progression. So it follows a progression and it follows it for a reason. Uh, and if you read the whole series, it'll make sense.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of have started the book one, the team, the team individuals. Uh, they become the team at the end of the book at, at, through the book. And then I carry them through the second and then carry the third. I introduce a new character in the second one. And the third, she has a more prominent role in the books because, um, you know, probably series of three or four or, yeah. you know whatever or um yeah <laughs> shoot i'll be 100 by then so yeah you never know <laughs> let's put blank pages out it'll be a lot easier <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but no I, and, and so so what do you do when you don't uh when you're not writing i mean how, how do you find your i know you got some kids and everything yeah. going to school yeah that's, that, that's hard so what do you do for like inspiration or just kind of <sighs> decompress a little bit you have a stressful that's a, job. That's
1: a, yeah. That's an excellent question. I mean, right now <laughs> most of my time is consumed by you know either flying for the airline, uh, riding, or you know doing kids' activities. Um, but aside from that, you know, I try to get out and go for a run every day if I can. Um, you know, like you said, in the summertime in Texas, it might be hot. You know, a little too hot to mm-hmm. do that. And uh, for for somebody that was from, you know, I ra- I was raised in Seattle, so the Texas heat for me is a little bit. Uh, of a shock to my system. I don't have the blood type for it necessarily. So uh, (laughs) running outside is probably not the right idea for me in the summertime, but now it's getting a little bit cooler. You know, I try to get outside if nothing else, just go for a walk. But, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much my life right now. And I'm Mm hoping, hoping I can, you know, start to slow down just a little bit, you know, once I get these books out and, and just kind of, uh, you know, enjoy it. I mean, the things I really enjoy doing, um, I love camping. I love hiking. I love, you know, being out in nature and Mm -hmm. just uh, away from, uh, people and chaos. In general. (laughs) They're terrible. People are terrible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what events do you have planned around your launch and where can, where can people meet you? You know, where can they get your book or general information?
1: Yeah. Um, my books available anywhere books are sold. So, you know, Amazon is probably where most people are buying their books these days, whether it be on mm-hmm. audible or Kindle or, or even just ordering a, a, a paperback or hardback. Um, I know it's carried in other places as well. You can go to the seven river website. Um, I think it's called seven river books.com and, uh, and they have an updated list of, of where, uh, you can buy the books. Um, as far as meeting me, I don't have any uh, in-person events scheduled right now other than I have one up in uh, the Philadelphia area. A company asked me to come out and, and speak to its employees and and do uh, a little event there. So I'm looking forward to doing that. In the future, I would like to st- schedule more. Um, unfortunately, with my book release being around Thanksgiving, it's going to be awfully hard. A lot of bookstores and places don't do in-store events uh, around the holidays. Mm-hmm. So right. I might have more around my second book um we'll see but obviously my website jackstuartbooks.com will be a good place i'll list all that stuff you can sign up for my new great website by the way folks thank that you that is a very very cool website and if i can say one thing about the website if you do buy my book and uh it, it is heavily technical uh but i try to re- try to write it in a way that uh, uh the layperson can understand but sometimes i fall short sometimes you know the military likes to use a lot of jargon and acronyms yeah. and things like that <laughs> yeah. so i do have a glossary on my website that i'm i, I intend to, to keep revising with each book that comes out in the battleborn series so that if there's a term you don't understand uh you can go to my website and you can search that term and, and give you a definition and if the term is not there there's a little uh link there that you can drop a note in and say hey what does this mean and i can reply to it and add it to the glossary
0: excellent excellent i can say that so Coppell Library has a book uh, thing they're doing in November. Oh, okay. So I think you can you can still sign up for that. I'll send you a link.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know my publisher, and if you if you could send me the that link, that'd be great because my publisher ha- has uh, been reaching out to libraries and, and bookstores and stuff like that. And then the Allen
0: area. Allen Library here in town, they'll have people come in uh, periodically yeah. and speak in the auditorium. I did that. Uh, you know, in, in May, and I'll send yeah, you the contact awesome. information yeah. uh, for uh, Tom too. Reach out to him, and they'll schedule it out in
1: advance. But it's it's pretty cool. They got a beautiful auditorium. Yeah, well, I'd love to do that. Any any opportunity I can to speak to people, I, I really love. And, I, and I'm actually thinking
0: about doing a North Texas area Red River uh, book event here in the Allen uh, Convention Center. I'm, I'm oh. starting to noodle that because I see these all over the place. I'm like, and yeah. Dallas doesn't have anything or I'm like, yeah. that's just ridiculous. So
1: I'm, I'm kind of yeah. noodling
0: that and see what kind of reception I would get.
1: Yeah. yeah that'd be awesome. awesome. You
0: no, know, who knows? You know, between all the other stuff that I'm doing, I can, you know, put that yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, where, where, uh, Twitter can people, I know we reached out on Twitter. That's yeah. how we, uh, came about. So where where can everybody get you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these other things?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm most active, I'd say on Instagram, uh, Jack Stewart books, um, and, uh, Twitter X or whatever it's being called now uh, as Jack Stewart books. So just no S too, too many characters. Um, that's, that's, those are the places I'm probably most active. You can reach out to me there. Um, I am on Facebook same. uh, I, I am on TikTok. I don't do a whole lot on that. That you know, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. If you if you go to my website, um, it has links to all those. Excellent, excellent. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure. I want to say thank you for your
0: service. Thank you, um, thank you for yours. I love interviewing uh, uh, military GIs, Navy sailors, Marines, Coast Guard. I don't care, right? Yeah, I'm an yeah. equal opportunity military representative.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely.
0: Because they're they're a lot of experience, and I think they put a lot of things in books that it's uh, it maybe different uh, yeah. from that. Even if they don't write military thriller or whatever, just, you know, life experiences, but I like, you know, interviewing everybody. And the reason I started this podcast, is because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so better yet, why don't you speak to people that knew what they're, know what they're doing and get some advice off them, or at least yeah. be able to share that advice. So that's why I created this author. Eke, and Ike for folks that don't know is corner in German. Yeah. So this is author corner. But yeah. it's trying to find unique names this day is uh, probably as hard as fighting a meteorite to name after yourself. Yes, so it is yeah. tough, uh, yeah. and, uh, and folks do that. But it's great. No, I appreciate it, and we look forward—you know—getting your books, and we we'll definitely have to get together and uh, grab a brew or something. Absolutely, break some books Absolutely. with us just in case somebody wants one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <that> sounds perfect.
0: Sounds <laughs> perfect. When when I fly, I normally give one to the crew. Oh, uh, do
1: you. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I, I put the I flight number,
0: I, my flight number, and my and um, my seat.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you
0: know so that way they hate it. <laughs> Bring it <laughs> yeah. back to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that would be a fantastic idea, but you know, I, unfortunately, I I fly too many flights. I can't do.
0: That. Oh, you would have, yeah, you wouldn't have enough. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Give them a link. Just give them a link. Have a card yeah. with your barcodes. I hear you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: I do have that. I actually I do carry those cards around and. I try not scan to scan my books too much, but you know, if anybody's in, Hey, you know what? Give it to
0: them. This is, this is entrepreneurship. You gotta yeah, it is. get out there and get the gusto. Well, Jack, it was a pleasure meeting you my and uh, stay safe flying. And, uh, folks go out, check his website out, reach out to him. Uh, what I found out is the author community helping one another is amazing. There is no yeah. competition whatsoever. There's enough readers in the world that we can all, uh, you know, make out okay. Yeah. So absolutely.
1: it's been a great community to be a part of.
0: Oh yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. So go check out his, He's got a new book coming out. I'll put the podcast out right around when it, uh, when it ships. And then you got another one in February. So go out, yep. get his books, go to his website, reach out to him on Twitter. Uh, but I'll, again, thank you very much for uh, taking the time today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Good chat. Anytime.
0: Anytime. Aim high. Go Army. <laughs>
1: <laughs> beat, beat army <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>